afternoon, everyone. Welcome to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is the show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. I'm Pastor Marty, pastor to the Grace Adventist Center in Sterling Seventh-day Adventist Churches right here in Adelaide. And I'm joined by Pastor Gary. Pastor Gary is the pastor to the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church, and he's very happy to be the pastor there. And welcome to you, Pastor Gary. Yeah, Marty, it's great to uh, be here this afternoon on this very cold, uh, wintry uh, afternoon here in uh, Adelaide. You know, it's a blessing to have a heater in this Faith FM studio, oh, Pastor Gary. Yes, it is. It, it is. So to close the door and uh, uh, be able to be uh, heated uh, to, a, to a lovely temperature is marvellous. It is. A, you know, we should never take some of these small... All blessings for granted, should we? <laughs> I mean, you know, when it's cold outside and you can actually step into a warm room inside, oh, yes. it's just and wonderful. And of course, the studio is actually closed in um, fairly, fairly well, so it maintains the it maintains the heat. In fact, I probably should turn the heater down a little bit. <laughs> yeah, no, it's all good. <laughs> Look, I uh, want to welcome our listeners today. It's just great to have you listening to Faith FM Drive Time. And and uh, today we've got a very special program. We're actually going to be looking at the theme, A Holy Masquerade. Are the faithful hypocrites? We are going to be asking a question a little bit later on. Does church attendance, is that the equivalent to being a faithful believer? So uh, we're going to dig into that uh uh, a little bit later on, but uh, today for our World Watch segment, I'm actually going to pass over to Pastor Gary and ask him to introduce a guest uh, that he actually interviewed in our studio earlier today and uh, is currently on tour here in South Australia. Thanks for that, Marty. It's a real privilege to have in our studio this afternoon Hayden Wiseman. Now, Hayden is a fantastic uh, violinist. Currently, he's in South Australia on his sole desire tour. Now, Hayden is a concert-level violinist and has performed literally hundreds of uh, concerts throughout Australia and New Zealand. He's collaborated uh, with Australia's finest pianist and most recently with the world-class Budapest Film Orchestra. It's quite a history for a young man. Welcome to South Australia, Hayden. Thank you, Gary. It's great to be here. It is it, it is wonderful to have you in in, in the studio. Uh, I know that uh, uh, you're an incredibly busy man. I've been uh, I've been wanting to get you in here, and I know that you've got another another appointment, so we had to change times. Uh, but uh, it really is uh, a real privilege to be able to just sit and to to share with you. Now, how are you enjoying Adelaide? Oh, I love it. I love it. I'm still getting used to the weather, but every, everything else is really good. Uh, Adelaide weather weather midwinter. Uh, can be a little bit of a uh, a bit of a challenge. Where is home for you? I'm actually from South Brisbane, so I just flew in a few days ago from there. Uh, a lovely place, and a big shout out to our listeners up there in uh, in Queensland. I've lived in uh, Townsville in Brisbane, out in Roma in uh, in western Western Queensland. Uh, there, uh, beautiful uh, places. Love uh, uh, love Queensland. Love South Australia too. South Australia certainly home now, but Queensland, New South Wales, where I grew up, it's. Uh, it's 
it's so good to have listeners in all those uh, locations. Uh, now, uh, tell us, by your website, during the, the week, week and a half, two weeks that you're down here, you appear to have almost wall-to-wall concerts. How many do you actually have on? So right here in South Australia, I have 12 concerts over a period of 10 days. So yeah, nursing homes, churches. Yeah, you have a you have a style in, in sacred music that, that appears to be, it's not all that unlike the Andre Rieu concerts that I've actually seen. Um, why have you chosen to launch out into the realm of worship music? Because I'm just so conscious that, uh, you know, you're a young man, uh, you, uh, you know, you're starting a particular occupation. There's not a lot of people today that move into into music. There's even less that go into conservative Christian music. Why have you chosen to go into you know the the whole uh, the church music scene? Well, I guess we were all influenced by our backgrounds, upbringing. I I got raised in a relatively conservative home we listen to older style country music and some classical music and then obviously I got trained classically mm-hmm. uh, and then I appreciated a lot of the uh, gospel music that come from the southern part of US so I guess my music's a combination of all that I, I love the worship music because I think it reaches a place that is deeper a bit more meaningful it really is uplifting it has a message in it, it seems to be a bit more purposeful and yeah I just have a passion for for sharing this for sharing this music and seeing the results and, and the power of this music and what it what it does to people I'm interested that you say that it's actually more purposeful uh, you know what to you is the purpose of your music well I guess it's ultimately to lift up the creator he gave us music in the first place look I'm, I'm just wondering let's just listen to some music some a rendition of you actually playing.
that, of course, was Hayden Wiseman. Hayden, I really appreciate that uh, that music. You aim to touch a person's heart. And, you know, uh, that, that piece of music, I know, certainly is something that touches my heart. Look, I mean, you've, you've obviously, you know, come from a, a Christian a Christian background. Uh, was there anything in particular that brought you to Christ? Yeah, I guess I had very good parents to begin with and they always was trying to steer me in a good direction towards God remembering what what he's done for us Uh, one day I remember having a conversation with my brother about giving my life to God and he I remember was saying he didn't want to uh, lose too much just yet and then I I thought well what safer place could I be than with God completely and and I wasn't really losing anything. Yeah, God can look look after us, and uh, we'll have the best of everything just just with Him. So that was, I guess, my initial conversion experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, that's uh, that that's really powerful. Look, just just recently, I understand that you've actually made a, made an album. Can you tell us something about that? Yes, absolutely. This is the most exciting moment, if you like, over the last few months of my whole career. Working with the Budapest Film Orchestra, it's been a dream of mine my entire uh, life uh, to record with a full professional world-class orchestra, and that is definitely the case with the Budapest Film Orchestra. They do international work for huge film companies all around the world, and uh, just for me to be able to record with them was such a such a privilege, such an honour. Uh, God opened up many doors. Yeah, as my my goal is to produce top quality Christian music, mm. and uh, they helped so much with this. So yeah, recorded a lot of the favourites, um, a little bit more contemporary style hymns, gospel songs, and and just having them play alongside was just a moment that is really special. If people want to get hold of one of the albums that you've uh, that you've just recently made, how can they do that? So they can go to my website, which is www.haydenwiseman.com, and on the shop there, all my albums are available, physical orders or digital downloads as well. Otherwise, they can come to one of my concerts and they can purchase my albums there as well. Yeah, and of course, folks, uh, we do actually have uh, Hayden uh, with us because this uh, this Saturday, uh, Hayden is actually going to be uh, playing at uh, at my church. That's the Seventh-day Adventist Church and Brighton uh, here in Adelaide. That's 10 Amelia Street, Hove. Uh, that's uh, near, very, very close to, to Brighton, the next suburb to uh, Brighton, commencing at 4.30 in the afternoon. So, look, if you happen to be in uh, uh, here in Adelaide and you would love to hear Hayden uh, play, the concert will go for about... An hour and a half. About an hour and a half. So about 4.30 through to about about 6 o'clock or, uh, or thereabouts. Uh, and then after that, uh, you'll be able to, to purchase uh, some of these uh, albums. Now, look, uh, tell us something uh, at the concert. Will you just be sharing music or do you share something else as well? No, 
Can I share some stories from home on the farm? I grew up on a farm. I share some testimonies, There's miracles, I believe, how how God opened up the doors with music at certain stages of my career, and just expand on that a bit, and and, and just how, how how God's worked, I guess, in my in my life and my in my career. Look, guys, this is going to be a wonderful uh, Saturday afternoon. If you would like, this is a free concert. There will be a free will offering that uh, will be taken up uh, to support Hayden's uh, Hayden's ministry. Uh, but uh, this uh, Saturday afternoon, if you happen to be Adelaide, uh, at the Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church, 10 Amelia Street, The Hove, uh, at 4.30 in the afternoon, you will love uh, this particular concert. We would love to see you there. Uh, that Those details again, Brighton Seventh-day Adventist Church, 10 Amelia Street, Hove, uh, and that uh, is right here in Brighton, and that's 4.30. Uh, in the in the afternoon through till about uh, six o'clock. In fact, why don't you uh, get hold of your lovely husband or wife, bring them along as well, and then after you have uh, been to this uh, totally free concert, maybe you've given a a, a small donation, uh, then take them out to dinner afterwards. What a wonderful way uh, to spend a uh, a Saturday a Saturday evening. Right now, Marty, it's uh, it's back to you. Yeah, thank you so much, Pastor Gary. You know, we just had um, Hayden Wise performing at the Crafers Institute Hall and it was absolutely fantastic. We had a wonderful time and the people thoroughly enjoyed his music, purchased many CDs and and um, there was just such a good vibe and and I want to encourage anyone who's listening today to really take up that offer. By the way, if you can't come Saturday afternoon at 4.30, you could also come at 7 p.m. to at Adelaide City Church. And um, I don't know the address of that one off the top of my head, but if you just Google Adelaide... Uh, Angus Street, Adelaide. There you go. Angus Street, Adelaide. It's the Seventh-day Adventist Church, Adelaide City Church, 7 p.m. Friday is another concert by um, by Hayden Wiseman there. So if you can't do Brighton at 4.30 Saturday, 7 p.m. Friday at Adelaide City Church. Hey, um... It's great to, uh, to be, to, yeah, to be back and, uh, back in the studio. And, uh, why don't we just come to some music and then we're actually going to begin our Bible study. I hope you enjoy this song by Whitney Phipps, one of the most remarkable voices. And he's singing the song called He.
Some beautiful song, and and of course Whitney Phipps used to sing at the Billy Graham Crusades, and um, has become a, a world-renowned singer that you can uh, you can check him out on online and. And uh, it's great to be back. I want to welcome our Faith FM listeners back. You're listening to Drive Time with Pastors Marty and Gary. And this week we're actually following the theme: A Holy Masquerade Are the Faithful Hypocrites? And today we're going to ask the question, does faithful attendance equal faithful believer? Today we do have a free giveaway. It's called Kindness Living by Jeff Weir. Let me read you a little bit about this this book. It says, this is one of the best church growth tools today. Yet, it's compact enough to fit in your pocket. (laughs) It encourages readers to have a kindness plan to touch the lives of precious souls by daily 
patterning their lives after Christ's life. It's, you know, it's so important to talk about theology. It's so important to understand truth. But how much, how important is it to actually live the Christian life? to actually follow the example of Jesus. And this is a book that will equip you to do just that. Perhaps you're someone who wants to connect more of what you know in your mind with what you, how you practice in your daily life. There may be challenges that you're facing um, in your family, in your workplace, etc. And you just want to be a shining light for Jesus wherever you live. This is the book for you. Perhaps you know somebody else who um, who you could share this book with. And... Um, and so if you'd like a free copy of this book, send us a text to our studio number 04888080811. Once again, that number is 04888080811. And if you'd like a free copy of Kindness Living, simply send us the code SA124, just five digits, S. A124. If you text those five digits, SA124, to 04888080811, you will receive a free copy of this book, Kindness Living, and uh, you'll actually get a response immediately from our Faith FM bot, who will ask you a few questions so that we can get you this book as soon as possible. So please, send us a text and uh, get your free book, Kindness Living. Pastor Gary... Let's dive into this question. Does church attendance equal being a faithful believer? Yeah, look, this is a, uh, this is a, a really, a really big question. I, I, I've got to admit when I, when I was sitting down trying to plan out, because I, I do actually have the privilege of planning out our, our week's uh, topics each, uh, each week. When I was looking at this one, I sort of thought, hey, this is, this is something that, uh, uh, I know, uh, from first-hand experience, the number of people who have uh, come uh, to me uh, or they have decided not to attend a church simply because of individuals that they regard as being hypocrites at uh, at that church. So hence this uh, this uh, this topic uh, it, and uh, of course, you know, we uh, we called it, uh, uh, what was that that topic again? Uh, uh, a holy masquerade of uh, the faithful hypocrites. I was quite pleased with that topic, with that uh, subject. Actually, it's the subject for the entire week. But today we're dealing with that subject. Uh, does church attendance equal a faithful believer? Now, Marty, let me just throw a question at you to start with. Now, look, you're a pastor. You've got a number of years' experience. Um, a faithful believer. What is a faithful believer? Now, how would you define um, a faithful believer? You know, I mean, what? How, how would you come to a? Um, you know, what would you understand? You know, if I said, "Hey, it's this is a great person- question," it's a great question. You know, my mind immediately goes to Galatians chapter five. And verse, about verse 22, I believe, and it says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, Mm -hmm. joy, peace, Mm -hmm. patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Okay. And when you see those characteristics exhibited in somebody's life, that is a faithful believer. Ah, That is a faithful believer. Someone who essentially is reflecting... The character of Jesus. Now, don't get me wrong. We're all on a journey, and so we don't necessarily uh, 
we're not necessarily displaying all of those fruits perfectly all of the time. Let's not, okay. M- let's maybe, not get, you know. <laughs> let me throw something at yeah. you that, that has actually been thrown at me. Uh, is not the fact that we are on a journey, is not that a way of maybe us, uh, making an excuse for, uh, poor uh, relationships maybe within a church environment. It really can be. It can be an excuse. And sometimes we use that excuse, that idea of, well, you know, we're all on a journey and um, and we're all growing and that kind of thing. So it can be an excuse. However, at the same time, we are all sinners. And oh. so there is a reality in the fact that... Um, we fall short. The Bible says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And that actually is in the present continuous tense. In other words, yeah. we continue to fall short of the glory of God. I heard it said well once, an old preacher, they used to say, you know, when you become a Christian, you become a saint, not an angel. Uh, yeah, and that, that I think is a really key statement. And we're going to come to that just at the very, you know, as we start to finish our program today. And, but you know, some time ago, uh, I, I actually, um, uh, heard a, another senior pastor actually, he was, uh, he was speaking and, uh, he was, he was dealing with this, uh, with this particular subject. And, uh, this is what he said. He said, over the past few years, I've noticed a trend. Uh, which other pastors also seem to be noticing. Faithful church attendance is on the decline amongst members. It appears that in years past, a church member did not consider themselves faithful unless they attended church at least once per week. However, now the trend seems to be that's, that spasmodic attendance is Faithful attendance. This is especially true, he said, of those in the 20 to 50 age bracket. Individuals and families see themselves as faithful church members when they attend church just once a month. Now, when I, when, when he said that, I sort of thought, hey, this is something that, you know, many people never actually think about. They never actually realize. But what I am, I'm so conscious of is that if we look at the uh, surveys that have been done of people who are Christians out there, uh, people who are faithful church amen, uh, attendees, uh, most of them actually work from the basis that if you attend church once a month, you are actually a faithful church attender. Now, now, Marty, I, I'm not criticizing. I, I don't want to criticize people who, you know, attend church infrequently. I think there's dangers with actually doing that. But, you know, to me, I think that that is, is something that we do need to assess. Now, look, Marty, how would you regard a person who attends i mean what are the what are the struggles that a person who attends church i mean to me once a month i would call it infrequent i wouldn't call it regular in my understanding would you regard once a, a month as being a regular church attender that's 12 times a year yeah i mean that's not very often really is it and, um, you know, I suppose that 
you know, what I wouldn't want to discourage anyone either or criticize them, but what I would want to say is the Bible gives us some fantastic counsel in this particular subject. Paul in, in Hebrews 10.25 says, Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, mm-hmm. but exhorting one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. And this passage is one that we're actually going to come to in just a moment because that that one I believe is absolutely core. But this, you know, is, this is core, isn't it? Oh, oh, this is this is absolutely vital because so often it, it's so easy to say uh, these people who are church attenders are actually hypocrites because they are not living up to what they actually profess, what the church actually professes. How easy it is to actually say that. Now, to me, I, I look at that and say, well, you know, at what point, you know, this where this definition of faithful believer does have to, have to come in. Let me put it to you another way. Um, uh, Marty, uh, if, um, if you're a, a golfer, how many times do you have to play uh, to be called a golfer? I think you'd be playing every week. Every week? Every week. You, you know, I've got myself, I, some time ago, I... I like if you're like a professional or something like that, or, you know, um, yeah, I'd say weekly. You'd say you, you'd have to be, uh, to call yourself a... What do you call somebody... And you may not know this, but what do you call somebody uh, who uh, just like me? And now I I enjoy a round of golf. You know, if I can find someone to play a round of golf with, I'll go and play a game of golf. But right now, I don't have someone to play a game of golf with, which means that my set of clubs, which <laughs> I I purchased, I own my own set of clubs, and they're currently sitting in my garage, and they haven't hit a ball in eighteen months. Now. Uh, Marty, this to me is is really is really key because to me, would it be fair for me to call myself a a golfer? Well, Pastor Gary, you might be a golfer, but you may not be a particularly uh, excellent one. <laughs> That's true. Sorry. That's true. In fact, yeah. there's a name that is given to people like me. I'm actually called a social golfer. And, yeah. you know, that is, um, you know, I haven't joined a club, but I do own a set of clubs. They're sitting in my shed at home. Currently, they've got cobwebs sitting over those. Uh, mm. uh, those and I don't want to actually pull one out because <laughs> I don't know what's actually inside the bag at the, at the present time. <laughs> but that's the, the state that I'm in as far as my golf is concerned at the present time. I'm a social golfer. Now, mm. is it possible to be a social believer? Mm-hmm. Mm. It is a very, very good question. Is it possible to be a social believer? And I would say that, the, no, it's not possible. Because Jesus says, if you, you know, to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, it can't just be a, a, a something of convenience. It's almost an oxymoron, isn't it? Yeah. Social believer is almost an oxymoron. Yeah. They are yeah. self-clashing uh, yeah. terms. You know, when I go to church, I, I, I actually want to be able to fellowship with 
individuals. That's so mm. important in my in my relationship. But do you know? To me, uh, I know the sort of game. I mean, uh, people don't just call me a social golfer; they call me a hack golfer. Mm. Uh, now, a hack golfer is actually a little bit of a derogatory term that's used of people who, uh, like myself, uh, go around the golf course and when they swing the club, uh, they'll get the ball, but they might also get a big clump of dirt as well. To, uh, to, and, and the ball doesn't fly in a true, uh, genuine, straight di- direction. It actually goes to the left or the right. It goes into the water. It goes into the sand trap. Yeah, yeah. Uh, or uh, if you're as bad as me, it'll go four uh, fairways uh, in the in the opposite uh, mm. in the opposite direction and land on the wrong green. Now yeah. th- that actually gets quite quite embarrassing. But you know, the th- I believe it illustrates a really a really important point. Uh, you know, owning a set of golf clubs does not make one a golfer. Yeah. And owning a Bible doesn't make one a Christian. It's mm, a very good point. And uh yeah, and and uh you know when we when you put it like that, it just makes a lot of sense, you know, that I've heard it also said regarding golfers that that what distinguishes the elite golfers from professional golfers is uh, when they strike the ball, it comes down to how long they actually focus on the ball before they strike it. Mm. And I wonder if that's what makes the difference between Christians who are strong in their faith and those who are weaker. How yeah. long, how intent are we at focusing on Jesus? The, you know, the Apostle writes in Hebrews 12 too, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Yeah. And so if we're only glimpsing at Jesus every now and again, how strong can we expect our faith to be? In other words, can you expect a hack golfer like me to be able to uh, perform the same way as uh, one of the Mm. golfers who uh, is faithful every week. I don't Mm. even have a handicap. I wouldn't dare uh, have a a handicap because it would just be so, so big. It's so terrible. You see, what I'm constantly doing is making mistakes uh, in my my golf. But is there a reason for that? Well, yes, there is a reason for that. It's simply because I am a hack golfer. I am a social social golfer. But look, this is only the first of the issues that I think we've got to deal with. In fact, you know, I, I don't know if you've got friends like, you know, certainly I've got friends who, uh, who have joined the gym. You know, they feel they should get, they should have an exercise program maybe on Christmas morning. So they go and join the, the, the gym, uh, maybe soon after, after Christmas because this is their New Year's resolution. And then, you know, I mean, have you got any friends that, you know, I mean, I mean, six months later you say, how's the gym membership going? Well, they're paying their gym, gym membership faithfully, uh, but uh, unfortunately they've only been four times. Mm. Uh, and finally, mm. it peters out, and uh, and finally they stop uh, even paying the uh, paying the dues. You know, it comes down to a very important important thing, and that is discipline. Yeah. The importance of discipline. I heard a brilliant illustration in our Bible study this uh, this week when we were doing our Bible study Saturday morning. This was at Grace Adventist Center, and actually, um, we had a, a doc, Dr. Christian Stefani actually leading our particular Bible study group, and he drew out a a fantastic illustration. Mm. He talked about um, the fact that in order to, for example, master a skill, perhaps you're a musician, perhaps you play piano, perhaps you're like Hayden, you might play violin. In order to play that instrument with freedom, 
you must first have discipline. Yeah. Yeah. In order to become a tradesman and, and be able to be effective tradesman, you must first have discipline. Yeah. No matter what you apply this to, you know, whether it's a, 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 a degree at university or um, even your high school or even, even skills like parenting and relationships yeah. and yeah. these kinds of things that, that we, uh, that we, you know, these things that we, um, do on a daily basis. Mm. It requires discipline before we can have freedom. And, you know, Jesus makes that, this statement in, uh, in John chapter 8, 32. He says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Mm. And I think there's a, there's a wonderful blessing for Christians that perhaps if they're only attending every so often and they're becoming a bit discouraged in their walk, they're thinking, I'm not growing. I'm not getting stronger. I would, you know, one of the most simple things that you can do to, to strengthen your faith is to discipline yourself to attend church meetings. Yeah. yeah. To actually schedule it in and say, you know what? I'm going to be there. I'm going to make sure that I'm going to be there because I'm, because I want to grow. I want to have freedom. I want to have peace and joy and, uh, you know, in my Christian and, walk. And this is where I think, Marty, uh, what we're, what we're actually saying here is that it's so easy for someone to point at the, you know, the, the, the social believer and just simply say, hey, they're not a very good Christian. No, they're, they're, there's hypo, you know, they're, they're hypocrites. They're not doing this. They're not doing, you know, they're not, you know, I mean, their, their church preaches this, but they're doing that. Uh, how easy it is to actually point at a, at a social believer and then uh, simply uh, put them into the same category as the uh, as the believer who is actually being incredibly faithful yeah. in all that they do. Now, look, that's that's one issue. And of course, you brought up that passage there in in Hebrews ten twenty five that we should not be uh, give up meeting together. In fact, let me read this passage to you again because it is actually really really key. Actually, in fact, I'll go from verse twenty four, Hebrews chapter chapter ten, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves together as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another and so much more as you see the day approaching. You know, one of the beautiful things to me, Marty, that's coming out of the Word of God is that uh, Paul is saying, uh, if you're going to be a believer, please uh, don't give up. Let me encourage you uh, to be faithful uh, in mm. your uh, in your worship practice because by that you it's part of growing as a as a Christian. You know, Absolutely. I, I'm just so conscious that you know there may be some people listening to us today who are saying, "Hey, look, you know, yeah, I you know, I I've been drifting drifting off, you know, mm. and and maybe mm. they've witnessed some hypocrisy themselves yeah. at um, yeah. at church and uh, you know, they've started to move away from it. You know, to me, the word of God is actually incredibly clear when it says, hey, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. You know, apparently some people say, look, you know, but pastor, is that really all that important? You know, uh, to me, uh, my, my response to, 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 to people is that, uh, look, uh, we, we actually need each other. 
I need. We weren't designed to live this life alone. We weren't designed to stand in isolation. And mm. to me, as I, mm. as I look at what Paul is saying here, what he's actually trying to impart is that I and my brother needs fellowship. Mm. Uh, we ne- and uh, to me, this is so core if we're going to grow in our Christian, our Christian life. Now, look, that's one aspect of, you know, okay, how do we look at this particular subject? But look, I'm conscious that our time is starting to disappear. Yeah. And let me just ask one question, and then maybe we'll go to the break. Sounds, uh, sounds that's good. The question. Yeah, look, um, I, I've heard people say, and this is the question I'd like to address after our break, uh, but pastor, you know, I actually call it but pastor. I, when I had uh, my children were young, there used to be a phrase they used to use called uh, but dad, uh, but dad. And, and what, I've, what I've discovered <laughs> is that it's actually a very similar phrase, Marty, that uh, is but pastor. And, of course, this is where a really good question does actually come up. And uh, uh, it's very similar often to the but dad uh, question. Uh, but pastor, haven't you heard... Uh, of uh, weekly attending church pastors. I'm aware of church pastors who have, you know, I mean, they've had their hand, they've been caught with their hand in the till. They've Some have abused children. They've taken advantage of the female church choir leader. You know, the list just goes on and on and on. These are church leaders. These aren't people who are attending infrequently. These are people who are preaching the word. The list just goes on. Uh, You know, you don't get any better examples of hypocrisy in the church than that, do you? Yeah, this is, yeah. How do you actually respond to that? Now, that's what I'd love to come to after the break. After the break, we're going to come and we're going to tackle that question. Hope you enjoy this song called In the Name of Jesus. There is salvation in the name of Jesus in the sweet name of Jesus just claim it
I'm sure we can all agree that there is power in Jesus' name. We've experienced that when we've prayed and we've asked God to deliver us from temptation, when we've recognized our weakness and we've knelt in Him and we've experienced His strength in our lives. There is power and victory in Jesus' name. And it's good to be back. I want to welcome our listeners on Faith FM. This is Drive Time with Pastor Marty and Pastor Gary. And today we are answering a very, very interesting question. Does, does church attendance equal faith, being a faithful believer? And um, we finished, uh, just before the break, we actually finished with a question about what about when church leaders themselves actually are, are hypocrites and and uh, and how do we actually answer that question and uh, before we come to that just want to remind our listeners today that we actually have a wonderful free giveaway it's called kindness living by jeff weir and this is a brilliant book on living after the example of jesus christ how to live the life of a christian perhaps in your own heart you may feel as if you're not living up to what you believe. Maybe that's an experience you're having. I've met many, many people who sometimes, Pastor Gary, the reason why they stop coming to church is because they know there's something in their life and they don't want to be a hypocrite. And so they stop coming to church. But the problem with that is Jesus actually calls us to come to him as we are. And actually mm. the church is a, is a hospital for sinners. Mm. It's not a hypocrisy when you recognize there's something in your life that you're struggling with and you come to church because you know that you need help with that area in your life. That's not hypocrisy. Mm. Hypocrisy is when there's an issue in my life, but I pretend like there's not. And I just, and I, and I want people to regard me as a really, really great Christian. Mm. That's hypocrisy. Yeah. When you're struggling, that's actually part of, in many ways, the Christian experience, that the Holy Spirit is working in your heart, revealing th- something to you that's, that's, that, that needs to be dealt with, but that takes time. And I would certainly yeah. encourage that person and, um, and somebody else, if you want to f- give this book away to somebody that you know, you want to get this book as a giveaway, then uh, I want to encourage you to get this book, Kindness Living. If you want to get this book and take that next step forward in your Christian experience, send us the code SA124, just five digits, SA124, and you're going to send that code to 04888-80811, and we'll get you that book as soon as possible. The code once more for Kindness Living, SA124, just five digits, SA124, send that code, text it to 04888-80811. Pastor Gary, um, yeah, this is a very, very important question uh, about what about when a church leader themselves yeah. is involved in uh, in hypocrisy. This is the really big one. Uh, this is the really big one. You know, Marty, I'm just uh, I'm just so conscious that particularly for for young people, when they see church leaders involved in blatant hypocrisy, there's nothing that is more guaranteed to turn them away from Christianity 
than uh, this this particular issue. This is huge. And can I say, as leaders, it's not just uh, the the church pastor. It's those who maybe might be the the church elder. It's people who hold positions of authority within the church. I mean, mm. you get you know issues of you know sexual abuse. I mean, it's, it, it's blatant hypocrisy. Mm. And you know, for mm. too long, uh, it's been something that's actually been ignored. One of the uh, one of the things that I, I personally believe we must also recognise is you know within the home, uh, you know, young people are incredibly good at being able to pick up when hypocrisy is actually at home. You know, I mean, when uh, you know if dad uh, maybe you know shares that uh, that hey you know alcohol is something you shouldn't be um, shouldn't be getting involved in, and yet uh, you know the young people can see that dad's you know involved with the with the bottle himself. Uh, you know, that's a blatant hypocrisy, and there's nothing more guaranteed uh, to. Uh, to, to turn people, to turn young people away from the word of God and away from Christianity and away from the gospel than recognizing that there is hypocrisy either in the leadership at the church or uh, I would say even worse in mum and dad at, at home. Mm. This one is a, is a really big mm. one. Okay, how do we actually explain that? You know, uh, to me, I think one of the really important uh, things to recognize is that Jesus actually addressed this problem in his great Sermon on the Mount. Now, uh, those of you who may not be aware, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, Christ is dealing with uh, with uh, very practical issues, day-to-day living. As he's coming to the end of that sermon, he actually starts to deal with this very question because, you know, just as in our day hypocrisy is a problem, in Christ's day it was a major problem also. In fact, Christ actually called the religious leaders of his day hypocrites. Now, if you think about it, I mean, these are the the, the leaders of the synagogue. These are the people who are leading in the temple. And uh, what we find is that Christ was repetitiously saying hypocrites, and then he would list off why they were actually being being hypocrites. And he's referring to the leaders of the church. Now, in uh, Matthew chapter 7, this is what uh, Christ says. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Now, I really appreciate that you actually started off by talking about, you know, I mean, how do you identify a faithful believer? The passage you actually turned to was Galatians chapter 5, which of course is talking about the fruit of the Mm. Spirit, and that's a, a faithful believer. And what Christ actually says here is that beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing. You will know them, know the truth. No, no, the the faithful by their fruits. Do men uh, gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a bad tree brings forth bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you shall know them. This is the very point that you made right at the very beginning. And then Christ says something that, to me, actually frightens me, because this passage is something that 
to, to me, challenges a lot of traditional theology. You know, so often we actually think that uh, when Christ comes, there's going to be the good and the bad. There's going to be the the sheep and the goats. Uh, there's you know, there's these two groups when Christ comes. But in Matthew seven, what Christ does is actually creates a third group. Now, this is um, Matthew chapter seven, verse twenty one. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord. Now, who is it that calls Christ Lord? Well, that's actually the Christian. The Christian is the person who calls Christ Lord. Mm. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. What? Not all are going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Mm. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, done many wonders in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness, who go against the law. Now, you know, these people have been able to prophesy in the name of Christ. They've been able to cast out demons in the name of Christ. They've been able to do wonders in the name of Christ. And yet Christ says he never knew them. You see, the evidence of the uh, of a, tr- a faithful believer is not the gifts of the Spirit. It's the fruit of mm. the Spirit, as you pointed yeah. out at the very beginning. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, mm. patience, mm. kindness, goodness, faithfulness. That that entire list that Paul so ably gives us uh, in, uh, in Galatians chapter 5. To me, this passage is one that almost frightens me because for Christ, for this third group, we've got the good and the bad, we've got the sheep and the goats uh, at the, you know, at the second coming of, uh, of Christ. And here, there's a third group. This third group mm. is expecting to be saved. But Christ turns to them and says, hey, I never actually knew you. And he rejects them. And to me, as I look at this, I say, who's he actually responding to? Well, what he's doing is he's actually responding to those who are hypocrites in the church. Mm. This is, and this to me, you know, as I, as I go to, um, and it seems, Pastor Gary, that, um, that they've deceived themselves. That's exactly right. They've actually deceived themselves into thinking that that uh, that they were right with the Lord, and and oftentimes this is the case with with hypocrisy in the church. Some of the very people who are who are hypocrites, they actually feel very very righteous. They feel like they are very good, and this was exactly the case with the religious leaders at the time of, the of Christ. Time. Now, look, I'm just conscious that our time is starting to get away from us, but you know, there's just one last point that I'd really like to make. Uh, you know, the we have got religious leaders who have been doing a doing the wrong thing. But, you know, if I actually go to a book like, for example, 1 Corinthians. Now, 1 Corinthians is a book that deals with a problem church. There's repetitiously problems in this book. It's, it's not the church I would want a pastor. <laughs> Paul Paul's actually writing 1 Corinthians because he's trying to sort this church yeah, out. Yeah. Uh, in fact, there's one of them who's got, uh, you know, there's about five or six major issues in, in that church. But one of them, there's immorality and Paul's says here it's it's not even the sort of immorality that is um that is that is common it's something where a man has uh, has his uh, father's wife or what would probably be his stepmother uh you know there is a there's sexual morality immorality happening uh, within the the church now the really significant thing is that Paul uh, rebukes the church for hypocrisy and that is that is mm. so important but then 
He does something else. He, he actually makes it very clear that the biggest problem is in fact the issue of the church not addressing problems of hypocrisy. And you find on a couple of occasions there in First Corinthians what a call. A Paul, Paul is, uh, Paul is very clear. He, he simply says to them, Hey, should you not have dealt with this? And he is, he is aghast. Yeah. Uh, you know, to, to me, uh, is there, are there hypocrites in the church? Well. Unfortunately, there are. And do you know, as I as I look at my the scriptures, even Christ says there will be she- there will be um, uh, uh, wolves in sheep's clothing. That's going to be a problem yeah. right through to the close of time. And yet, in Corinthians, what I discover is that Paul says, "Hey, uh, you, I am rebuking the church because it has not acted." On mm. hypocrisy, mm-hmm. the issue that I I would suggest, certainly from my ministry, is actually the major issue, is not actually the fact of hypocrisy itself, because all that uh, shows is that we've got a lot of very human people there. But what that when the church does not act on blatant yes. hypocrisy, yes. that is something that I believe Scripture condemns outright. Mm, very powerful point there, Pastor Gary. And and I think that, uh, you know, for those who have been uh, tuning in today, I, I believe that this has been a very important subject. And, um, you know, we our time is up, and I want to thank our listeners for joining us today. I want to encourage you to come back tomorrow where Pastor Gary is going to be with Pastor David and discussing how do I respond to hypocrisy? What is what is to be our response? And I just want to finally give a give another encouragement and and remind us of this simple but eternal truth that though there may be a Judas in the church, Jesus is also there. And there are many faithful believers there. So I want to encourage us with those words and uh, may God continue to bless you as you walk with him and as you connect and be part of, uh, of the body of believers. May God bless you. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio.